So the first reading is from Genesis chapter 11, verse 31, to chapter 12, verse 5. And you can find that on page 13 of the Church Bibles. Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of his son Abram. And together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Terah lived 205 years, and he died in Haran. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, and people they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. The second reading is from Mark chapter 12, verses 41 to 44, and you can find that on page 1018 of the Church Bible. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins, worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. And the third reading is from Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. You can find that on page 637 of the Church Bibles. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. can't hear me very well. There we go. Marvellous. Uh, good morning from me. Particularly welcome to you if you're new or visiting us uh, this morning. Welcome to you if you've joined us online as well. Um, I'm sorry if the uh, service uh, hasn't, uh, we, we had some technical issues at the beginning of the service. Uh, so uh, welcome to us a little bit later. It's good to have you with us. Um, you have joined us on Commitment Sunday, as uh, Neil said, uh, and uh, we're going to think about those passages and some more uh, this morning. But before we do that, uh, let's uh, pray. Lord Jesus, we praise you for your word. We thank you for the ways that it speaks to us in uh, different seasons of life. And Lord, we come before your word afresh this morning. We ask that you would dwell deeply within it, 
that you would speak to us through it, that we would know your power and your presence in this place. Come, Lord Jesus, dwell amongst us, we pray. Amen. Now, as, as I say, today is uh, Commitment Sunday. Two weeks ago, for those of you who were here or have caught up uh, online since, uh, was our Vision Sunday. And I reminded uh, everyone of the vision here of St. Jude's. I didn't really need to remind anyone of the vision here because we all know it off by heart all of the time. And if you're new or visiting uh, today, do seek out somebody that's part of the church family because they'll be able to tell you all parts of the vision uh, without uh, any difficulty whatsoever. Um, but just in case our vision as a church is making Jesus the heart of South Sea through growing faith, offering hope, and sharing God's love. And I shared uh, how we have begun to do some of that work uh, last time when we gathered together. Um, uh, and, and it sort of speaks into why we're here, why we exist as a church. I also shared last time that we were here some of the challenges that we have as a church. And I also shared that I sensed that as I was praying for this season, I felt the Lord place on our heart uh, that we should as a church stop and pray and fast yesterday, Saturday the 19th, uh, to pray before we take the step into this next season of life uh, together. Uh, and I'm particularly grateful to those of you who uh, were able to join with us and do that uh, as part of uh, our uh, preparation for committing to the Lord and committing to uh, the, the life of this church for the next year. I'm sure it was significant. So thank you for doing that. Uh, now, today's the point in uh, the church year uh, where I ask those of you who are regularly part of our church family here to commit to the life of the church afresh for the year ahead. Commit firstly and most importantly uh, through praying for the life of the church. Commit uh, to serve in some way, uh, however that might be, giving of your time. And of course, to commit to give financially to the life of a church. Almost everything we do as a church is as a result uh, of your prayers, of your time, and of your giving. Uh, and I spoke briefly when I spoke two weeks ago about the body of Christ working uh, together, all of us playing our parts. And so the first thing I need to say today is a huge thank you. Thank you to every one of you who commits and, com and contributes to the life of this church, who plays their part in the body of this church. Uh, it is why we are here. It would be pretty rubbish without you, frankly. It would be me and probably Neil sat in a very cold, dark building uh, on our own. Uh, and it would be, I, I like Neil, but um, it would be, it's nice that, uh, that we get to be part of this church uh, with you as well. So thank you. Uh, it is a joy to be the vicar of this church, but I am not the church. We are the church together. Uh, and we are together today committing to being part of that church again. It's also worth saying, before I get going uh, properly, um, that asking people to give on a gift day, asking people to plan for the financial giving for the year ahead, is a bit of a hard task at the best of times. If we look at the media, if we look at the media, if we look at our own bank balances perhaps, or the difficulties that I know many of us are facing at this time, I'm acutely aware that these may not be considered the best of times. We put this date in the diary back in June. Uh, then I think uh, Boris was Prime Minister and Rishi Sunak was still Chancellor, do you remember them? Uh, lots has changed in the last uh, few months. We had no idea what would transpire over the coming months, 
when we set today's date. We had no idea that I would be speaking to you today, three days after the Chancellor gave his own vision for the financial future uh, of the country, a vision which I know will affect many of us and some of us badly. It has affected all of us in some way or another, I'm sure. Jess and I, before we moved here, lived uh, in Leamington Spa, in a house given to us uh, by the church, uh, and our gas and our electricity bill combined was £90 a month, which is not bad. It was a, a smaller house. It was a very economic house. Uh, when we moved to the vicarage, it doubled to £180 a month. Now, the vicarage is bigger. Um, it's also a lot leakier in terms of energy, uh, and, so, and so it's doubled. In February this year, that went to £380 a month and has gone up again since. I know the difficulties that many people are facing as we go into this next season of life. And as I sat down to write what I felt that the Lord placed on my heart for us today, that weighed heavily. And as I was praying, he reminded me over and over again of our final reading from Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. I think the Lord wants me to use this to frame what, uh, we'll set, what I need to say to you uh, this morning. And we'll take this proverb in three sections. Firstly, trusting in the Lord. Here, let's just think for a moment of our Genesis reading uh, that Lewis read to us. Uh, this is the story of Taraz and Abram's call. And I have made this point here before, but it is worth repeating. Terah was Abram's father, and Terah was called to go to Canaan before, uh, b- before Abram was. But he settled in Haran. As far as we know, there's nothing wrong with Haran. It's a very lovely place from what we understand. Uh, Terah named one of his children after it. You don't usually name children after places that you don't like. I'm sure Haran was a very nice place indeed, but it wasn't the place that God called him to go. He called him to go on to the land he was calling him to, to Canaan. Once or twice, gently in this place, people have accused me of not caring where we as a church have come from, all that St. Jude's has done in the past. Let me say, nothing could be further from the truth. I am overwhelmed with gratitude that the Lord has trusted me to be the vicar of this place in this season. And I am so grateful for all that the Lord has done in the life of this church in the past. There was nothing wrong with where St. Jude's was 20 years ago. There was nothing wrong with where St. Jude's was five years ago. There was nothing wrong, frankly, with where St. Jude's was 12 months ago or five days ago. But God is calling us onwards, calling us to move forward and not to settle in Haran. Terah settles in Haran and never fulfills his calling. And he's very clear with Abraham in that passage about what he's calling him to go and to do. And I believe in this next season of life, God has been equally clear with us. He's calling us to make him the heart of South Sea. That's a big calling. It's a big task that we have ahead of us. And things may well look different to us. But if God is calling us to it, we simply need to trust in the Lord, as Abram does as he sets out with his family to trust in the Lord. 
We're to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts. I'm just going to read again the reading from uh, the gospel, from Mark's gospel, or the last bit of it, Jesus' words. Jesus said, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. There's that word, all, again. All that she had. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. What this widow is doing is exactly the same as what Mary does when she pours the perfume on Jesus' feet. That expensive perfume that everyone thinks, what on earth are you doing with that? She is giving of herself wholly, all of herself, as an act of worship. She's, this widow is giving of herself, all of herself, as an act of worship. They're not doing it under compulsion. They're not doing it because if they do so, they'll stop their vicar emailing them, uh, annoying emails all the time. They're not doing it to make anybody else happy. They're not even doing it because it's a nice thing to do. They're doing it because they love the Lord with all of their heart. And out of that love for the Lord comes their giving uh, to him. Paul echoes this statement in 2 Corinthians 8. We'll come back to this in a minute. But he says they gave themselves firstly to the Lord and then to us, 2 Corinthians 8. We have a small group of people who pray over the life of the church here at uh, St. Jude, prophetically pray over the life of the church. We met uh, just this week. And um, without question, as we prayed, the third thing we heard repeatedly from the Lord was that this weekend isn't about money, really, how we use our money. It's not even about our time and how we use our time. It's not even about how often we turn up for a prayer meeting or even how often we pray uh, and give that time to the Lord. Because all of those things are consequences of what is going on in our hearts. The Lord wants all of our hearts. All of our hearts. He wants us to trust him with all of our hearts. And so for some of us, I think actually as I was praying between the services, I think for many of us this is nothing to do with finance today. We already trust him, trust enough with our finances. But maybe we're not trusting him with a relationship. Maybe we're not trusting him with a job. Maybe we're not trusting him with our health. He wants us to trust him with all of our hearts, to come before him with all of our hearts. And out of that will flow everything else. On this form, I am asking you to commit yourself to the life of St. Jude's for the year ahead. But far more importantly, infinitely more important than that, is the call to commit ourselves to God afresh. For, not just for the next year, but for the rest of our lives. To give him all of our hearts. So we trust in the Lord with all of our hearts, lean not on our own understandings. Then it says, in all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. A little later in 2 Corinthians 9, Paul says these words, Each of you should give what you have decided to in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things and at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. 
I've often wondered if Paul had these words from Proverbs in his mind as he wrote uh, these words. And these words from Corinthians are perhaps the most important for me when it comes to giving of time, giving of finances in Scripture. Because we are to ask the Lord to set in our hearts what he wants us to do and then to be obedient to it. Every year, Jess and I sit down about this time, uh, as we did yesterday, and pray for the year ahead and ask God to set in our hearts what he's calling us to give uh, over the year ahead. And truthfully, after that point, unless he tells us otherwise, we forget about it until we come round again another year later. When our bills went up in February by nearly £200, over double, my first response, truthfully, was to panic as I'm sure many of your first responses might be. My second response was to try to fix it, to try to control it in some way. It's part of my personality type that I'm still working on the redemption for. I couldn't sleep, in fact, because of how worried I was, and I ended up doing this work about one o'clock in the morning. Never a good time to make important decisions, but there we are. Truthfully, the giving that we give to the life of the church is one of our biggest expenses, Jess and I. And amidst my panic, amidst my need to take control, I wrote an email about 1.30 a.m. to my bank and asked them to reduce my giving. That's even though I know in my head and in my heart what God has told me to do for the year ahead, I still wanted to control it myself. Now, after making that decision at 1 a.m., I didn't sleep particularly well after that. And as I prayed over the next uh, 24 hours or so, it became very clear to me that that wasn't what God was asking me to do. And so I wrote again to the bank and said, actually, scrap that, please. Leave it as it was. Now, let me be really clear and really please hear me say this. There are seasons in life when the Lord will call us to reduce our giving. And it may well be that this is one of them. There are seasons in life when God calls us to step back from the things that we are doing and to give more time to other things. And again, this may well be one of those seasons for you, just as there are seasons when he calls us to do new things and there are seasons when he calls us to increase our giving. The mistake I made there was not that I reduced my giving. The mistake I made there was that I didn't first submit to God and trust in him with all my, in all my ways so that he would make my paths straight. The Lord has continued to be faithful uh, with our finances as he always has been. And I know that the decision we made yesterday, he will be faithful again to us for the year ahead. We just need to trust with him with all of our heart. Lean not on our own understandings. And in all our ways, submit to him and he will make our paths straight. The last thing I want to say just before I finish is a reminder of how we're able to give. I've spoken for a few moments about why we give. We give out of our trust of the Lord. We give out of a response uh, to our worship uh, to him. We give uh, because we are submitting to him, to his will. But the title I gave this talk back in June uh, was Blessed to be a Blessing. Verse 2 of chapter, 12, uh, of chapter 12 of our Genesis reading, God says to Abram, I will bless you and then you will be a blessing. Uh, one of my uh, favorite communion prayers is this one. We'll use it uh, shortly. Yours, Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the splendor, and the majesty. For everything in heaven and on earth is yours. All things come from you, and of your own do we give you. It comes from 1 Chronicles 29. We're only able to give because of everything that we have comes from him. 
And it's very easy to look around in our lives and think we don't have an awful lot, perhaps as that widow did. But actually, he's calling us to give of ourselves first and remember that everything we have comes from him. I was challenged uh, reading something yesterday, uh, and you've probably heard this before, but if everything comes from God, then the question we should ask is how much should I keep, not how much should I give away? Everything comes from God. The question we should ask is how much should I keep rather than how much should I give away? So regardless of how we're feeling today, we need to remember that we have been blessed, that we give, everything we give comes out of that blessing. Today, I, want, I believe the Lord wants us to truly trust him, to listen to him, to do what he asks, because he, we have been blessed. But far more than our money, far more than our time, far more of whether we need to serve or to give, God wants all of our hearts, because out of that will flow everything else. I'm hoping that you've got, because you would have been in on the way in, uh, one of these forms, or you've perhaps brought it uh, with you this morning. What I'm going to do uh, is pray in a moment, and then I'm going to give us a couple of mo minutes in quiet for those of us who still want to complete them to do so. Uh, and then as we come to worship and the next song, if you wanted to bring them forward and place them in these baskets, you can do so. But don't do it under compulsion. Do it out of uh, love and because you feel that's what the Lord has called you to do. Let's take a few minutes in the quiet. I'll pray for us and then we'll worship again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you that you've been faithful in the life of this church for generations. We thank you that you've done so much, that you've brought so many people to you to know your love and your power. We thank you for the people in this room who are here in this room because of the ministry of this church. We thank you for the people around the world of whom that is true also. We thank you for your faithfulness in our own lives. We thank you that you have been faithful, you are being faithful, and we can trust in the promise that you will be faithful. Lord Jesus, this morning we hear that call of yours. We hear that this isn't really about money, or about time, or about how often we go to a meeting. Because all of those are consequences of what's going on in our hearts. Lord, for the things that we know are yet to be submitted to you, we offer them to you afresh this morning. Let's hold a moment in the quiet.
we praise you that you've called us all to be part of your kingdom and to build your kingdom in this place. Just during the week, somebody sent me a picture, which I'd like to share with you, of a starting line of a race. People were lined up ready to the starting whistle, but there were some hanging back from the starting line, dressed for the race, have their place booked in the race, have prepared for the race, but suddenly feeling worried that they won't perform well, that others will judge them from the sidelines, or that they'll make a fool of themselves. The Lord wants to remind them, if that picture speaks to you this morning, the Lord wants to remind you that you have a place prepared, that you have been prepared by God for this, and even if you feel inadequate, you are more than ready to take up the calling that is in front of you. Lord, praise you that you do call us to work together for your kingdom. We pray that you would make a way for us to know your power and your presence at work in your church today. Let's take a couple of minutes in quiet before we sing again. And uh, in that quiet, let's individually commit to the Lord however he is calling us to do, whether that's with a form or whether that's in our hearts, more importantly. A reminder that he wants all of our hearts before anything else. Let's sit in the quiet for a couple of minutes.